Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Good morning, Garfield. Good morning. Wow, this is my first time here this year. And yeah, 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 okay. And so that's, that, that, that's not good. So I need to talk to the whoever makes the schedule. And we're going to have a long talk. And so I like job security. So I'm going to be cool about, you know, how we talk about it. But uh, it's good to see you. And can you guys hear me okay? Okay, all right. I feel like, I feel like I'm so far away. Uh, and so we, we are in our series, uh, you know, Map My Run. And, and, and oh boy, that's, oh, okay. Uh, okay, all right. I'm going to let them do their job. I'm going to do my job. All right. And, and so um, I'm pumped up. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Stephen Furr. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations. This is Pepper Pike. You know, uh, and uh, we got South Lucas, and of course we have this, uh, our, our, our campus in uh, Liberia, and I'm excited to be here today. I'm ready to rumble, and uh, I, I'm ready. I mean, I, I got my fist up. I, I've been preaching this message for like two weeks, and I think I finally got it right. Uh, Pastor Scott has heard all versions of this. He's going to hear another version right now. And so here we go. All right. So... Um, our base scripture here is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I'm going to read it again. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? So I'm going to focus on this one phrase, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, and that's my topic. We're going to talk about running with endurance. Running with endurance. Uh, Now, uh, this is one of those messages that on the face of it, it sounds like bad news, uh, but it's good news because we're going to teach you like how to run to win. We're going to teach you uh, what it takes to win the race that you're in. I'm convinced that a lot of believers don't understand the kind of race this is. You know, uh, you know, we're living in a time, particularly in the Western church, where everything is packaged. Everything is packaged and sold. And when everything is packaged and sold, they tend to give you the high points. And most time when they give you the high points, they're lying. I didn't mean to say that, but that's what's happening. Most time they're lying because they, they want you to buy it. So Jesus Christ has been bought and sold. And Christianity, like a commodity, is bought and sold. So they just tell you stuff that's actually not true. So I'm going to give you the 100. I'm going to keep it 100 with you today. Y'all good? 
I'm going to keep it 100 with you. All right. So the good news is that you're going to get the truth. That this is an endurance race. I didn't get no amen. <laughs> this is an endurance race. And, and, and the truth is better than the lie. Because the problem with lying about Jesus and lying about the race that you're in is that people walk away from Christ because when they get into the race and they find out what it is, they feel like you've done bait and switch. Uh-oh, I feel a little bit edgy. I feel like I'm going to preach a little bit edgy. Uh-oh, my son's back there covering his face. Uh-oh, daddy about to get edgy. Be because this is a problem. The reason why people walk away from the church is because, because a lot of times it's not because the church is too heavy, it's because it's too shallow. It's too shallow. We're, we're, oh, don't say that. You know, if we're too spiritual, people will walk away. It's not that you're too spiritual, it's that you're too, it's that you're too shallow. See, the only people, the only people that's saying one thing and doing something different is the church. Everybody else is 100 with what they say. You see, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not part of the LBTQ community, but at least they're honest. At least they're honest. The church is not honest. We'll we, we have, we have a dinner wanting people to come to church, call it a dinner, and, and then try to flip Jesus on them. All the time knowing you're trying to get them to come to church, become a child of God, but you don't want to tell them that. So you, you trip, you, you, okay. And then, and then, and then like, and then you think they don't know. Okay, that's not my sermon. See, just be honest. See, be about what you're about. 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 People can respect you when you're about when you're about. And we taking that and we even coming to the church service where we're supposed to be worshiping God and do everything but worship God, worrying about what the people who come going to think about if you actually worship God. You know, oh, please don't pray in tongues because if people come in and see you praying in tongues, they're going to worry about what that's all about. Why would you care? I'm not saying, I just ain't a tongue-talking church. I just come from a tongue-talking church. I'm just telling you what people do in the church because we're so worried about what people coming in going to worry about. What they going to do if they come into the churches? Watch this. What they going to do if people come into church and see people in the church acting like they in church? You see how goofy that is? That's so backwards. Like, okay, like if you go into a club and people clubbing, they don't care what you think because they in a club. People in the club... Club. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. So the race is the race. So the scripture says run the race and we have to understand what kind of race it is. It's an endurance race. It's a race that's going to require certain things. So what I'm going to do today is we're going to break down this race and we're going to talk about what is endurance how endurance is what? Developed in our lives. What does it mean to run it with endurance and talk about the benefits of endurance? We're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us and run with endurance. So, so, so it's telling you what you got to do. You got you to lay some stuff to the side. Amen. You know, oh, Pastor, don't talk about sin. There you go. You talk about sin, people are going to say, oh, you know, we don't want to hear about sin. No, man, that's going to slow you down. You, you got you to lay that stuff to the side because you're going to slow you down, right? 
So, so what is endurance? What, what is endurance? The Greek word for endurance is derived from a combination, hypo, meaning under, and the verb meneo, meaning to abide. Together they form hypomeneo, and endurance while abiding under. The strength derived from bearing heavy weight upon one's shoulders for an extended period of time. Now, for years, I taught this wrong. I told this story earlier today. I taught this wrong for 20-some years. It is not simply bearing the weight for an extended period of time. It's the strength that comes from bearing the weight. So, endurance is the strength you develop from bearing the weight, bearing a certain weight for a period of time. So when you run the race with endurance, you're running the race from a strength that you have developed. All right? So God is going to teach you how to run the race from strength you have developed. You get it? All right? So let me give you an example. Let's take a bodybuilder, for example. Now, how many of you ever seen... Like, you know, bodybuilders like Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's way back. He's old now. But those guys, Ronnie Coleman, some of you guys who know bodybuilders, he was the, the latest guy that was all of that, right? You see these massive muscles. Now, you guys don't have to talk back to me and not be the frozen chosen this morning, okay? Uh, uh, how, did he, how did they get those muscles? What did they, <laughs> thank you, that's funny. Steroids. Okay, but other than steroids... Uh, <laughs> Other than steroids, how did they get the muscles? Training. So they had to push weight. So they did this number right here. Oh, oh, oh. And then they rested and they did, they did what? Again. Now when they were pushing the weight, the muscles didn't just immediately pump. They didn't immediately do anything. In fact, when they were pushing the weight, what they were in were pain. They was in pain. Like anybody ever push weight? What, what was happening? Exactly. It was burning. They, what they were getting was, ow, 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 ow. Oh, Lord Jesus. Help me now. Help me now, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Help me, Jesus. Oh, ah. Again, oh God, help me, Jesus! Oh Jesus, help me now, Lord Jesus! Oh Lord Jesus, no, no, no! Oh, again, oh Jesus! Okay. Good. So when they're doing it, what they're in is a type of suffering. That's what it is. It's suffering. They're getting. It's difficult. Now, what happens as the result of doing it is the building of the strength. The more they do it, so they have to increase the weight or else they won't get the outcome. So they can't keep on pushing 100 pounds because 100 pounds will not build the muscle anymore, so they have to go to 150 pounds, and so on and so on. So they, so they learn it, and by the more they push, the more they, resistance they get, the bigger they get. Does that make any sense? So hypomeneo is the outcome. Everybody say the outcome. So it is... The strength derived from. Okay. You guys are good students. Thank you. No pain? Exactly. Now, what we have to get used to as believers is get comfortable with the fact 
that because you are believing God, because you are light in darkness, you are automatically going to get resistance because you are light in dark. You are swimming against the stream. Automatically, you're going to draw attention. That's why in my first rant that I did at the beginning of the sermon, it makes no sense for the, the, the in, I don't even want to call it intelligentsia because it's so, it's so a misnomer. It's the, the intelligentsia of church thought to try to do stuff to make worship, worship do something other than not to, to fix, make people comfortable with being Christian. Because by definition, the world is dark and you are light and the dark is always going to attack the light no matter what you do. Because it's, it's going to. And Jesus told you that. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So Jesus was keeping it 100. What are we doing? So I'm just telling you, you're going to have difficulty. But that's not a problem because guess what? I, I said this in an earlier service and I, I'm going to see if it goes over well in this service. I'm going to answer a deep theological question about suffering. Now, Pastor Scott, I've tried this three times, two times, and it never went over well. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the answer of why people suffer. Number one, get a pen out. I, I should go on a, on a counseling, uh, a, a tour on this and make a lot, about a million dollars on this, at least, at least a million. Three reasons why you suffer. Are you ready? Number one, because you are a child of God, you will suffer. That didn't even move the crowd. Okay, number two, because you are not a child of God, that's why you suffer. That didn't move at all. Number three, because you are a human being on the face of the earth, you will suffer. The point is, you're going to suffer no matter what. Suffer is part of the human experience. Period. And no matter where you exist on the planet, suffering is part of the human journey. And the reality is, and I said this this, this morning, about half of it, at least half of it, we do it to ourselves. Because mankind is increasingly wicked to mankind and the values of mankind are twisted like we're about to spend a, a billion dollars on a football game and you got world hunger that nobody cares about and we don't care and we blame God. Now, I'm not telling you not to watch the football game. I'm going to watch the football game. I'm just trying to make a point. So we are blaming God. We'll shake a fist at God. But all those starving people, that's why I don't believe in God. If God was so good, why don't he solve world hunger? If you're so good, why don't you? You don't. You don't. Amen. We have five millions of dollars to build a new stadium. Don't fix hunger in Cleveland. Hello. Okay, that's not my sermon, but it was good. 
Do you follow? So the whole suffering part is part of the human journey. So we're going to show you in a few moments about how God takes what is inevitable in the human journey and he works it into the Christian calling and makes it produce for your good. Since it's going to be there anyway, he used, you talk about the wisdom of God. He uses it and works it for your good. Watch this. Okay, so it's the strength that is derived from the suffering. All right. So what does it mean? So how is this produced in us? How, where, do, where does it come from? How is it produced? Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. How is endurance developed? Now, when I first learned this, I, I immediately got very depressed because I, I'm the poster child for not having endurance. I remember before I was fat, 35, 40 years ago, I actually ran track. Don't y'all laugh at me. I actually ran track. I wasn't this big. I ran track. You know? And I used to hate, I used to hate track. That's why I was a long jumper. <laughs> I used to hate it. Because you didn't have to run very far to long jump. You, you ran, thank you. Yeah, because this is killing me. You know, you ran, can I pull this off my ear? But y'all want me to keep it up here. All right. All right. Okay. So, so, because uh, I only had to run. Can I pull this off? Thank you. So, uh, I only had to run there and just jump, right? But, but the, co- the coach we had would say stuff like, okay, you guys are not very fast. He's very honest. You guys are not very fast. You're not very quick. But I'm going to have a good track team who has a lot of heart. <laughs> so what he would do is he would say, okay, uh, today's today, uh, practice is going to be simple. Uh, we're going to run 10 100 meters. We're going to run, <laughs> any people who ever ran track? Watch this. You're going to love this. You're going to love this practice. You're going to see what, what he did to us, that it was totally ungodly. This is what he said. We're going to run uh, 10 100 meters. Uh, the time is, I want everything under 12. That's easy enough. See that? Now, the first one's easy, ain't it? But we have to just keep running them. Everything's under 12. If, it's, if you don't get under 12, you got to run it again immediately. That's unfair because you're tired. Okay. And then he says, okay, after that, I'm going to let you cool down for two minutes. And then we're going to run 10, 200 meters. He needed Jesus. Then he says, and we're going to run four, 400 meters. And we're like, okay. And, and he gave us time marks, benchmarks. He said, and after that, you're going to cool, you're going to cool down. We'll give you seven minutes to cool down. And we're going to end everything with just run, a, just run a mile. And then you can go home. And this is what he says. I'm, all I'm trying to do is build your... That's all I'm trying to do. I didn't like him very much. But he did build our endurance. All he was trying to do is get us to push a little further every time. Push a little further. Because this is what he said to us. I remember his name. Maybe he'll watch this someplace where he is. Coach Stockard. Jesus loves you wherever you are for God so loves himself. <laughs> but here's what he said to us you can go further than you think 
you can go further than you think. You can go further than you think. And if you only go as far as you think you can go, you will no, you'll never go further than you've ever been. You can go further than you think. And I have to push you past where you think you can go. Man, y'all, y'all getting this? You, I have to push you past where you think you can go. Because there is, there's a thing called a second wind that if you never push past it, you will never know how far you can go. You would never know. And he run us, and we would do everything. You would run, you would puke, you would, you would get dizzy, you would say, I, I don't want to be on a track team anymore. <laughs> Shut up crying, you little sissy. <laughs> You're a long jumper. Okay. But this is what he knew. We (laughs) rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Knowing something. Knowing that our suffering produced that endurance. See, that's what he was trying to get us to understand. That the suffering produced the endurance. It's the difficulty. It was hitting that wall that produces the endurance. And the endurance produces the character. He didn't care that we lost the race. What he wanted to see us doing out there is giving it everything we had. He didn't care that we lost. He didn't want to see us giving up because all world 100 meter runner going to college on D1 is on the track. Because you always have all world on the track, don't you? You always got that person that's, okay, they're going to be running in the Olympics one day. Most everybody else on the track is not. (laughs) How is endurance developed? Through suffering, through difficulty, through hardship. That's not a problem because you're going to have it anyway. But the believer has got to do, go through it knowing that the difficulty produces what? Endurance. That's not bad news because you're going to go through anyway. The blessing for the believer is that this endurance is going to produce something in you called what? Endurance. In the King James Version, they use the word patience or steadfastness. And that endurance is going to produce character. And the character is going to produce what? Hope. Are you listening to me? So when you run the race with endurance... Running the race with endurance means to run with the knowledge that the difficulty you are experiencing is working for your good and God's glory. Your good and God's glory. Amen. It's working for my good. It's working for God's glory. What I love about messages like this is that it takes us out of uh, the sandbox and the shallow water and it takes you into the deep water of really helping people. Because people are not dealing with, you know, I'm a, I'm a bookworm, and I know theology is good about anybody. I love to see people arguing about theology. I love it, because it's stupid. I, I love it, I love it. I, I, just, I just get the biggest kick out of it, because, you know, I've been preaching since I was 15, I'm 58. 
I can, I can argue. You know, it's funny. Sometimes, Pastor Scott, I argue people one side of the argument like I agree with them, and then I jump on the other side and argue them the other side just to prove that I know both sides. And then I ask them, what do they have to do with the price of eggs in China? Because I have yet to have somebody come into my pastoral chambers and say, Pastor Fur, I'm in such pain. <laughs> What's wrong? I, I, I just cannot get Daniel's weeks concerning eschatology <laughs> to jive with the book of Revelation. <laughs> it hurts so bad. I don't know if we're going to go pre-trip, mid-trip, or post-trip rapture. That's the fur. It's killing me. See how stupid that is? Who cares? But I have seen people come into my office seeking the peace of God. I have seen people come into my office Life has crushed them, and they're trying to figure out exactly how to find God. And when God has, and you have gone through something, and you've learned how to trust God, and you've built endurance, and I may not have even gone through some things you have gone through, and I am able to tell them, hey, talk to Sister Jones. She just went through something like this. She, she may be able to help you with this. Does that make sense to you? That's real ministry. Not throwing 37 scriptures at somebody and telling them da-da-da-ba-da-da-boo-boo-doo-boo-da-ba-ba-ba, read the Greek and the Hebrew of that. That's not, Jesus was talking to farmers and fishermen, folks. Are y'all good? Farmers and fishermen. And they got it just fine. And here we go. In running with endurance means to run with the knowledge that the difficulty you are experiencing working for your good and for God's glory. Listen to what Paul says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. Look at this. Our light affliction is what? Is working for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Everybody say it's temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. See, what, what happens in life, folks, is that you start going through the things of life. Eventually, you will face something that is like major. And when that major thing hits you, it's amazing how all the silly things just like fade to black. Like, it's one thing to be in a hospital over something that's kind of like, don't matter. You know, I, I remember I was reading my chart my, my, my medical chart, you know, typical guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, high blood, yeah, 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 yeah. Got to take this pill for that. I don't believe in taking pills. I'll take this pill for that. And there was something that's been on my chart for a while, and it, it kind of shocked me. And it said, it said these words. It said, kidney failure. 
What you talking about, Willis? What? Kidney failure? This must be a typo. I ain't got no kidney failure. I read it again and I said, how long has this been on my chart? Kidney failure. And so I went from this ain't nothing, you know. I, I'm, I'm he man, masters of the universe, kidney failure. To I'm I'm concerned. I, so so I didn't tell Beverly. That's my wife. <laughs> I'll tell you why. And so when I finally told her, I was actually on the phone talking to my doctor, and she overheard me. I'm in trouble. I felt like I was like six and I got in trouble. And Beverly looked around the corner like, why didn't you tell me you had kidney failure? No, baby. It, 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 I won't see what happened was. See what happened. Um, see what happened was it was on my chart and I didn't know <laughs> I was in trouble, man. And I went from being silly to being scared. And I talked to my doctor, and she says, well, I can't schedule you for a month and a half. For a month and a half, I'm scared as all get out because it's been on my chart, and it had been on my chart for years. Y'all listening? For years. So long story short, the doctor explains why it was there. It 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 was flagged for a particular reason. It wasn't a big issue. She explained why it was there. But this is my point. When you face something that means life or death, and, and you go into the place of suffering, and all suffering is is difficulty, anguish, whatever. All of the silly, folly, things that don't matter fall away. At that moment, let me tell you what didn't matter. I don't even know my doctor's name. I can't pronounce it. It's a female doctor. Her name is Hueli Abdullah something or other. I couldn't care less if she's if she was a she or a he. I, I didn't care if she was gay or straight. I didn't care if she was Republican or Democrat. I could care less. All I needed was her to help me. Save me. Give me the knowledge that I need. You were early. I'm not ready for that. You follow? You follow? Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the point I'm trying to teach. Here's the point I'm trying to teach. I needed her to save me. Now, it's the suffering, the issue, that brought me to the, to the sense of reckoning, honesty, to interact with her and self and life that way. Without the issue, I wouldn't have been thinking that way. Are you following what I'm saying? Without the issue, without the, the threat, I wouldn't have been thinking that way. But now that it's over, here's the question. Do you go back to silly Steve who doesn't care about health or do you stick with what you've learned? about what's important. Without the suffering, you don't learn. 
Does that make sense to you? Certain things we don't learn without the difficulty pressing us to learn it. We would like to think, oh, I, I'm an open book. I receive every lesson as it's given. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Let's go to the next one. Go ahead. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing, knowing what? The testing of your faith, here it is again, produces patience. That's endurance. It's the same thing. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Go to the next one for me. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Go to the next one for me. Endurance is necessary to receive the promises of God. So what God is doing is taking the inevitable, which is suffering, and allowing the inevitable to produce the divine. It's inevitable that we suffer. So God says, look, I'm going to take the inevitable and let it produce the divine. This is a scripture that I want you to write down. It's 1 Peter 5 and 10. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing something. What do you know? That the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus. Don't be afraid of this text. After you've suffered a while. That's fine. What will happen after you've suffered a while? He will perfect you, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Say this with me. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. See, at least you get something out of it. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. Because in the end, church, you will be perfected. You'll be a mature believer. You will be established. You will be strong. You will be settled. You won't be that flaky one. You met some of them. Any of y'all meet some of them? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> you will be established. You will be strong. You will be settled. Because you stood and believed God through which you went through. I'm going to yet praise him anyway. Thank you, brother. Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. Let's stand up. Perhaps you say, Pastor Fur, I went through something and I didn't do so well. Well, you don't think you've done well, but I know you did because you're here. If you look at your great cloud of witnesses <laughs> and read their stories, you, you're doing all right. <laughs> you'd be like Gideon. Gideon was hiding behind the stuff. 
And God said, Almighty man of valor. Gideon said, Who? Me? God said, You. Yeah, you. You. You, Gideon. Hide behind the stuff. Uh, you mighty man of valor right there. You could not be, be t- t- talking to me. And he told Moses, uh, go to Pharaoh and t- tell him, let my people go. And Moses said, I, I, I got to sp- 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 speech impediment. He said, I, I don't, I, I don't care. Go, go anyway. Moses said, okay, then. You, they're just regular people. And God just uses regular old people. And these are your great cloud of witnesses, you see. Lest you be weary and faint in your mind. God uses regular, plain, or ordinary people. Just like you and me. And you need to know today that you can stand and you can make it. And whatever you're going through, you can make it. And however hard it is, you can make it. And ever, however hard it's been, you can make it. And you can stand in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke and bondage, and you can make it. And you need to know it's all right to cry sometimes. It's all right to feel like you want to give up. You need to understand when you can't hold God, God is yet holding you. There's some time when you will fall out and give up and say, God, forget it. I quit. He said, that's all right. I got you. You're just having a bad day. Sometimes it's like Groundhog Day. You keep living the same day. Oh, But thank God for the grace of God. You get to do a mulligan. You get to do a do-over. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, here we are. That great cloud of witnesses leaning over the balcony of heaven. Come on, Scott. You got this. Come on, Steve. Come on, church. Come on, Garfield. You got this. I guess she's in my heart. I hope she don't get mad at me. Come on, Tiana. You got this, baby. Come on, Matt. You got this. Come on, Chip. I know this is hard. Come on, Kathleen. Come on, Catherine. Come on, church. You got this. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your faith. Don't cast away your confidence. It has great reward for you. Father, I pray right now for your precious spirit to sweep this place. Encourage discouraged hearts today. Somebody's just discouraged. Some have become weary in their mind and just feel like giving up. Somebody's saying the the weight is too heavy and I just want to give up. But right now, I pray you just touch their heart. They just need a touch from you. 
touch their heart. They may not even understand what that means, but I understand. I know, and you know. Encourage them today. Let them grab hold of these words that we glory, we shine forth even in the midst of tribulation because we know something that this tribulation works patience and this patience works character and this character hope and we thank you even now in the mighty matchless name of Jesus we pray and we thank you in Jesus name and let every glad heart let me do something with you let me do something with you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press this because I, I just feel led to do it church I have to do this I have to do this many of you are missing the finest blessings of God because you don't understand how to respond to God's word with your lips with your praise I'm not asking you to jump and run around the room don't do that because you would be fake and phony but I'm telling you and I'm teaching you something that when God has done something for you you respond with the words thank you to God you need to offer God the sacrifices of praise giving thanks to his name has nothing to do with the denomination has nothing to do with being a charismatic church all of that is a bunch of hoo-ha I'm talking about how to respond to God when he has touched your heart I'm going to teach this to you and take my seat let me ask you a few questions did the word if the word of God touched your heart today and God spoke something to you today of value raise your hand raise your hand if it did not do not but if it did raise your hand if it touched your heart in some kind of way raise your hand all right for those of you that's the case I want you simply to say close your eyes and say father I thank you father say it again father I thank you for your word thank you for your word this very day in Jesus name amen